did you go, do you know who I am? Like, have my you name is Brad Dowdy. <laughs> just sweep a table, like, off, yes. like, everything off the table. Be like, I'm Brad Dowdy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 194 of the Erasable Podcast. It's April again. We got to another April. Congratulations, fellas. And that means that National Poetry Month is upon us. Tonight, after talking about our usual pencil and paper goodness, the things we've come across since we've last talked, we're each going to read three of our current favorite poems and uh, discuss them a little bit. Yeah. So, hey, Andy and Johnny, my two favorite my my favorite couplet. You two are my favorite couplet. Aww. Are we AA or BB? <laughs> Whatever you want to be, man. J. Thanks. <laughs> I'm F- we're F U. F for funky. <laughs> we were in the car today after this like school function, and there was some guy from our area who was selling, like at this school function, he was selling a kids book that he had written, hmm. and he was a former. What did he say he was? He was some kind of like scientist and in, in his retirement, he's been writing like poems. He said in the, his bio just for fun. And he wrote this like children's book that is a poem about basically the water cycle. <laughs> but he has like illustrations with it. It was fine. It was cute. And the kids were both read it out loud in the car, which is fun. And it got to the end. Henry said, I think this is an AB rhyme scheme. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and other things it. that nine year olds say. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that is awesome. Does anybody remember Jack Perletsky? The like children's yeah. poets. He we wrote have... like a poem book about dinosaurs. No, he wrote a really good one about ogres that oh, nice. Charlotte and I used to love when she was little. Nice, I like Jack Perlitsky. He had the one about the ankylosaurus. It was clankety clank. Ankylosaurus is built like a tank. And I don't know why I <laughs> oh, remembered yeah. that. Just well, that's why all this time. Yeah. The power of poetry. <laughs> yeah, he he edited a really popular uh, kids poem anthology that I think is still in print. They had like the silliest little drawings. It was really delightful. And they had a whole section on the city, which I thought was awesome and unusual. Hmm. I like that. This is maybe like getting ahead of things for our topic today, but I just put this in the chat. It reminded me of this Shel Silverstein poem. Stupid. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Some dummy built this pencil wrong. The eraser's down here where the point belongs and the point's at the top. So it's no good to me. It's amazing how stupid some people <laughs> could be. I remember thinking that was just the most hilarious stuff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, do you guys just want to jump into it? And we're, today we're going to do fresh points before our main topic, which is to talk about some favorite poems here for, yeah. for National Poetry Month. So, Andy, you want to start us out? Yeah. I have a few of them this time around. So, one of them last week, I went to the San Francisco Stationery Meetup, which meets once a month. You guys have to come out for it sometime. It's so much fun. And it was during the Cherry Blossom Festival, which was huge in a lot of places, but is just pretty big in San Francisco. There's a pretty big Japanese population here. And the theme of the stationary meetup this time around was spring cleaning. So it was a little bit of a swap meet. We all brought stuff to give out or to trade or like get rid of and, of course, pick up from other people. And I brought a bunch of pencils and a bunch of notebooks. And that was really fun. I curated some little packs for people. That was really fun. But I picked up a couple things. I found a few things. There's one, it's a, have either of you ever tried a Mitsubishi Unistar for mm-hmm. Itoya kids? What? I've had a regular Unistar. Yeah, this is a Unistar, but it's branded, co-branded with Itoya, I guess. I'm going to try to grab the bag here. It It has... Some sort of a special formulation. I wish I read Japanese, but I, somebody who goes to the peanut group who has been living in Japan for a little while picked up a, a bunch of these. And the lead is harder, but like it's a B, it has a B grade, but it's harder, harder to break the lead. The way that it's what it seems like they're saying on the back is that it has like the hardness, like it's hard to break as if it were a three millimeter wide lead, even though it's a two millimeter wide lead. So, yeah, I'm going to read more about it and try to find a link and post it in the show notes. But it's a just a very... I'm sorry. You know what? I'm looking at completely the wrong pencil. I've been using... This is so stupid. I've been using this Unistar for Yatoya Kids, which is great, which I picked up from there. But I also picked up a different pack that involves this, this harder lead. So no. <laughs> Two separate pencils I'm talking about. 
They're both blue. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, this is just a regular old like Unistar, but it ha- it's like this really nice rich blue with a yellow cap on it. Just really lovely. I like this pencil a lot. I also picked up, he put out, well, actually, Seth McCombs, who is a friend of mine, friend of the show. He put a, a Karis Custom Ink fountain pen, version one, on kind of on the swap table. So I picked it up. So brand Ooh. new, my first ever Karis Custom fountain pen. Nice. What color? It's orange. It's an orange steel oh, color. Man. It's version one. I think that they're doing version two now. I'm not sure what the difference is yet, but has a really nice, uh, oh, I'm guessing that's a fine tip on it. But I'm going to ink it up with, I think I'm going to ink it up with Fuyugaki, which is my favorite sort of like spring, summer ink. I've seen some really blatant knockoffs of that pen on Amazon recently. Oh, yeah. People have been knocking off Karis Customs a lot. Same next face. in line. I held one of those right after they came out. Joe Lipo had one. They're real nice. cool. Yeah. They look beefy. I yeah. had one yeah. of those for a minute back. I mean, this was early days of the podcast. I mean, I was like. Right around when we started doing this, I had one yeah. for, I think, about a year, and then I ended up trading it. But yeah. It's cool. I've got a lot of their pens. I love. I still love the Bolt. That's my... Oh, the Bolt? Yeah. That's really nice. That, like, Bolt action one. I love that thing. So, yeah. Looking forward to trying this guy out. Another thing I've been trying to do is I... So, I started a new job today. I, Yay. after six years, moved on from Adobe, working <laughs> at a... This is the most, like, San Francisco tech startup ever i'm working at a, an autonomous electric car startup so love it yeah it's it's called cruise and yeah just kind of we'll be doing what i did at adobe but there except i'm not going to be a manager which i'm very excited about don't have to do performance reviews and promotions and hiring and firing and stuff excited about that so all that to say that i have been rethinking my sticker and my stationary strategy just because like new job kind of a new start on this kind of stuff so I have new stuff to sticker. I have my new laptop and I'm going to sticker up my Lichstrom notebook. So I've been thinking a lot about what stickers to put on that. Do you guys have any suggestions? Like Tim, you started a job not too long ago. Did you, did you sticker things? I haven't really because I was kind of in the middle of some stuff. I actually, now I'm feeling like I should have because we started some new, I got some new notebooks. I got those paperage or whatever. What did we oh, yeah. say they were called? Paperage or paperage? Paperage. <laughs> I started those and I should have stickered them up, but we have a in, in-person thing happening in Baltimore soon. Johnny, hmm. talk again in a minute. Oh yeah, but correct. It's almost May. Got we had some stickers May. made, so I'll slap some of those on there and then oh, we've yeah. given some away, not related to our place of work. So yeah, yeah I, I hadn't really. Yeah. I I'm afraid to put anything on this you. computer. Yeah. You want some Pencil Revolution press sticker action? Yeah. I forgot that I bought. Can you send me some new ones? Because I no longer have the laptop that I put that on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I I found a 50 pack that I forgot I bought. I was like, how about the stickers? (laughs) Thank you, Sticker Mule. Yeah. Well, I went to order them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I was doing my taxes and that's a write off. So forget it. I feel the same way as you, Tim. Whenever I start a new job and get a new computer, I'm just like, I'm afraid to put, like, I have this nice, brand shiny new MacBook that's just like, gleaming and i'm just like oh do i sticker it up but i usually yeah. wait just like a month or so before i start putting stickers on it the last school well, actually the last school i was at was the only one that ever gave me a computer so, oh. <laughs> so when i was at that one and i waited until i saw everybody else doing it and i was like all right we're doing this and i slapped some john prine stickers all over it and okay. then i started this one but i'm working from home i don't know what people are doing to their computers i'm not gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna abstain yeah. but yeah i'll just start putting them all over <laughs> my what- desk what you do is get one of those little shells. You can get yeah, like a little yeah. case. And I did that at one point. Just put a put the stickers on that. Yeah. So rethinking that, trying to think about like, I'm probably going to be working a hybrid schedule. So maybe once or twice a week, go into the office. And I have a bunch of writing as designing stickers and pencils. And I think that what I'm going to do to encourage people to like accept my meeting invites is tell them that I'm going to give them a sticker and a pencil. So... I think that I think I'll just bribe people with swag. Yeah, you could get some like I went to the meeting stickers. That's hello. That's a good like, idea. A hello sticker that just says I don't know, I'm here. <laughs> I went to a meeting I went to Andy, Andy I went to Andy's stupid meeting and all I got was this sticker. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, thinking about that. Also I wanted to mention I am going to be in Florida next week and the week after for almost two weeks. And 
I'm interested in any, I'm going to post this in our group too, but I'm interested in the recommendations for stationary, cool stationary stuff in Miami and Orlando. Those are the two places I'm going to. There's only one pencil shop that I think I know of in Florida because the woman who runs it's in a group. And I think that's in Tampa. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about, guys? I'm not. Okay. Uh, I have to look up the name of it. It's called like Seahorse. Oh, I've heard of Seahorse. Yeah. Seahorse something. Right Holy on. crap. What? No, the new, sorry, the new independent. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention. Yeah. Um, Whoa. So They're way off from the other ones. Yeah. I'm going to be in Florida yeah, during the independent bookstore day. And Blackwing always does a special dozen independent bookstore day pencils. And so I'm going to try to find a bookstore to something to go get that at. And yeah, it looks totally different than the other two years. Yeah. It looks like an antique, like Islamic book. Yeah. Yeah, that's looks really cool. Really cool looking. I like the new direction. Ooh. Yeah. Two in a row. Gonna have to get some of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So never been to Miami before. And I've been to Orlando a bunch of times. My sister lives there, but this is gonna be I'm gonna try to do a few fun things instead of just sitting around my sister's house. I mean, not that's not fun. But I'll do that. Uh last thing I was gonna mention is we're kind of interspersing some product reviews in with this because there's been a bunch of stuff released since we last recorded. And the thing that I'm gonna talk about is the new Baron Fig Draft Squire. That's a collaboration with the author Roxanne Gay, who wrote Bad Feminist and just a bunch of things. And this is really cool. It's a matching squire to a confidant that they released last year, if you guys remember that. It was like a kind of a guided journal about drafting drafts, right? Short stories or essays or what have you. And it was kind of like a dark blue and pink branded branded thing. And this pen is really cool. It's it's kind of a dark blue. You guys have one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a dark oh, yeah. blue. It, it has sort of like a full wrap of, um, oh, it looks like it's not actually legible, but it looks like just somebody just drafted, just hand wrote something, drafting it. And just has that sort of like stacked sheet of paper logo that the confidant draft has. And then it says Baron Fig X Roxanne Gay. So it's a really attractive one. It's a blue. I would say it's a darker blue than like the Arrow 404 one. Do you guys like this? It's almost like it's like a blurple. Like, <laughs> it's a blue blurple. <laughs> when it came out, I thought I was like, oh, it's kind of purply like the book. I really like it's this. Almost, they say that there's nothing, no words that rhyme with purple. It's. I mean, I didn't yeah. invent that. I read yeah. it in an ink review. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I really, I like how the, it feels very grippy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is sort of a like a byproduct of the type. It has like a little, just a touch of like an extra grip to it. I love this one. I love the look of it. It's like like a navy blue that's leaning towards purple or something. Yeah. I would. I, the only thing is, it would have been really cool if they'd matched the ink, but. I thought oh, yeah. about That's that, like picky. a navy blue ink or something like that, which I didn't really know. Blue. They're really uh, bound Schmidt by those those refills. I wish that they would, or even just put a blue ink in there in general, right? But yeah, I think it seems like they default to black pretty much all the time. But yeah, but uh, yeah, it's up at the Bearing Fig website. I think that you can buy it in a pack with the Squire, but I'm... Oh, neat. Yeah, I'm definitely... Like, you can also buy it independent from the Squire. It looks like it matches the blue... The blurple of the journal really well. Are they going to... Navy blurple. I'm, <laughs> I'm never sure when they put stuff out, like, are they keeping it in stock? But it seems like the writing book is along with the other ones. Yeah. The themed books, and that it's going to stick around. They're categorizing this as a limited edition, so I'm guessing they're just going to just sell it until they're out. But not the book? Or the notebook? Oh, good question. I hope not. I mean, I really like that book. That's one of my favorite ones they've done. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know about the book. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the confidant, it's under the guided journals category. So, yeah, they're not saying whether or not it's going to stick around oh, or good. not. Yeah, so. And by the by, they have seafoam green confidants right now. Yeah, I use that. The hell? I use that. That's for my last one. It was really good. Oh, I didn't even know. I thought it was new. Thanks. So. Yeah, yeah, they've cycled through some neat colors yeah. recently, like just very quietly. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do a lot of talking about their color releases. I really like that Lagoon one. I have not picked up one of those yet. That kind of like teal. 
Oh my. It's sold out right now. But it's a really Crap. good one. Yeah. The website says it's on. It's listed separately. Ew. With a bunch of other colors. Yeah. Maybe it's a glitch. Their website, man, is like, I appreciate how slick it is, but it's real hard to find categories of stuff sometimes. Oh, that's what it is. They're out of the jack grid, but they have blank and ruled. Oh, I see. I see. Hey, yeah. that color is worth switching up your format. Yeah. But yeah, that seafoam green was on sale right now for 15 bucks. <laughs> you must have a Johnny. So yeah, thank you to Baron Fig for sharing this with us. It's a cool collab. They've done collaborations both with Roxanne Gay and with her wife, Debbie Millman now. The Debbie Millman one is that, if anybody remembers the Askew Confidant, which was oh, yeah. that hand-drawn ruling one. That was really fun. I think I've told the story before, but I was at a design conference that she was speaking at. And afterwards I got her to autograph my Askew. And she looked at me and she was like, you're the first person who has ever brought one of these up to get autographed. That's, I mean, like those two notebooks are like two of my yeah. Like absolute favorite Baron collaborations. And then this yeah. pen, just like right there with it. I mean, yeah. gosh. So it's really cool. Adding to my collection of too many, too many squires, but I don't know if that's possible. You can't have too many squires. <laughs> you use them all. Yeah. I use our erasable number two squire the most. I do too. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It's I my own number one squire. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I pretty much always have one of some kind with me that has that easy flow refill the ballpoint refill. I mean I, I love the one that it comes with but I also just yeah. the ballpoint like it's a little like more well behaved just with some papers and stuff but I almost always have one of those with me who makes that easy flow ballpoint this is Schmidt easy flow 9000 I think it is yeah easy flow 9000 oh right, right, right I get it in medium they come in light I've been curious they have a jet stream refill I don't know if hmm. you've ever talked about this hmm. it's in the Parker style uh, which is pretty awesome, but they're just like the Schmidt Easy Flow. I can get like it's like twelve of like twelve bucks for like six of them or something. And the but the Jetstream ones are still a little silly. Like it's like seven bucks for one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That is it for my fresh points. How about you, Johnny? So, but before I do my other ones, let's talk about the new field. Yeah. Which are, if you haven't seen them, they're two two packs of their larger format books. And I forgot the name of the artist, but they have very intricate line drawings of one pack is New York and Chicago. No, one pack is New York and Miami. One is Chicago and LA. And they're full of like Mohawk, super fine for sketching. And they're so freaking cool. Hmm. But like as soon as Charlotte saw them, she wanted them. And Mm -hmm. luckily we were in Boston, which is a place where you can just go buy field notes. And the subscriber extra was a pencil, cool, but also a pen. I mean, a pen. A big, fat, pink eraser, which was very tickled by. It was kind of cute. But uh, yeah, did you guys pop yours open? Yeah. 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 I like the just the texture of the cover a lot. Like, it's a lot um, grainier than they usually do. Yeah. And more related to our podcast, they were pimping Blackwing colored pencils to go with them. That's right. They're selling them as like a pack, right? Like you can buy a Field Notes bag with the Blackwing pencils in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really I'm, cool. That's the first collab that I I've like, seen that they've done, they've done together. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were like our friends at Blackwing. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? You guys are Is this going to be another this thing? Awesome. Can we hang out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it, but the new Blackwing pencil goes with some stuff Field Notes has done in the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So I wonder yeah. if they'll, that'll pop up as a package deal i gotta say that the uh, this edition their belly band game is like beyond cool mm-hmm. mention that like just the pre-colored belly band that like lines up and the, the two backs that i got line up really well and everybody's that i've seen lines up really well so they had to like just before they shrink wrap it just like line up with those belly bands <laughs> every time yeah yeah i mean that's like that is that's nice attention to detail amazing yeah, yeah i'm the, they have a new subscriber box too, out. I don't know, did you guys see that? It's called like junk drawer or something. It's yeah. colored, covered with pictures of like stationary items, and utility knives. I'm like, this looks like my desk. <laughs> but I think like it's out now. So if you're a subscriber, you get it next. So I'll get mine this summer. Yeah, I'm stoked to check it out. Not that I keep them, but I want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So 
Other than that, I was in Boston two weeks ago, which is a very good stationary city. And where you go for spring break, of course. <laughs> Everybody goes to the shores of Boston for spring break. Yeah, not your Florida. Yeah. It was like going back in time. We got <laughs> off the train. And I was like, oh, it's winter here. <laughs> in Baltimore, everything's green. We've passed most budding trees. But I, of course, went to Bob Slate. And now that I like fountain pens, I got to visit the pen counter. Mm. And I'm trying not to collect Caveco Sports. They've come out with some colors recently that I really liked. I got the coral and the cyan. But... And they came with teal. Oh, no. The teal. I'm trying not to collect Caveco so, Sports, so I only bought 20 of them. I was teasing the lady. Rosie was with me at the pen counter. I was like, she has more of these than I do. And Rosie started giggling. Like, she does. I'm serious. <laughs> but, oh, well, no, I tied her because I got the teal one. And it's so pretty. It's really dark. And it has a little bit of shimmer in it that you can't see unless you're, like, under a desk lamp. But... It's really cool. And the other thing that annoys me about Caveco is when you pop that ink, that nib out, you don't know what you're going to get. So like this one needed a tweak. And after I tweaked it, it's like the smoothest Caveco nib I have. Like, finally, this, I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> but I forgot to pick up a clip on Amazon and pay like way too much money. But what they also had there, which I did not resist, is the Leuchtturm pen, which I am not going to try to butcher the name of. Have you guys seen this? It's like it's based on some old design from someone and you twist the top and the refill comes out and it's a, it's machined aluminum. So it's very light, but it's metal and it's just one pen. No. And they, you can get the ballpoint or the gel. It's really nice. and wasn't that expensive. I'm surprised. Hmm. But uh, and they, they, uh, are they come in matching colors to notebooks? They make a lot of colors. I'm sure. <laughs> I got black because it matches everything. But uh, they were, Andy and I were talking about this. They have... I mean, the refill looks like the one from a Baron Fig, but they're very specific about theirs being made in Japan and having a ceramic ball and how it writes well at any angle and it's supposed to be expressive, almost like a fountain pen. What? And it's a lot to live up to, <laughs> but it writes very nicely. And they make a pencil now too, which I didn't see or I would have bought it. But uh, yeah, we also went to the bougie store, which is like, I guess, supply shortage. They're like out of everything. It's fine. I thought you said bougie store. A bougie store. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, every time I go there, they're restocking the pens. So they have these, like, I guess it's a cart full of cubes. And the cube opens, and it's like 500 aqua blue pens. I'm like, God, that's like pornographic, even though that's not my favorite color pen. But uh, yeah, they, on the flip side of where they keep pens, I think it's at most of their stores, they have all the little stationary doodads. Half of them are gone. They don't have the little utility knives. It's kind of sad mm. face. But it's nice that it's still there because we don't have one of those in Baltimore, obviously. They closed all of the Mujis on the west coast of the U.S. What? Really? Yeah. The two wow. in the Bay Area gone. Crap. Yeah. I would have picked you up some stuff. I bought That's... for myself exactly one pen. <laughs> A gray jail pen. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I got. How about you, Tim? Yeah. I'm going to start out with some. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this and start out hot on something that was big news around here that my kids were very excited about. We had a birthday party, which my kids' age, it seems like all of their friends are born within the same three weeks. Hmm. So we have <laughs> birthday parties every 25, 30 minutes, something like that. It's, it feels like we had nine one months, birthday party. Nine months before that day, it was uh, quite something in Tennessee. <laughs> it was a wild time. <laughs> there was that one party that we don't talk about. <laughs> Yeah, but a good, he's a really good friend of mine. He listens to this podcast, Johnny, and he, his kid had a birthday party and it was like a Harry Potter themed birthday party. And they found these just like awesome pencils that were, looked exactly like a Harry Potter wand. Oh, wow. And they had like fashioned them so that like you couldn't, I could, I, when Henry got it, I was like, oh, cool. It's a tiny little wand. But, and Lila had one too, but they even like taper it at the end. And so I didn't even notice that it was a pencil and they have it like sort of, painted or dyed brown on the outside but it essentially is like a mini jumbo pencil that has like a wand what? handle at the end hmm. i'll send you guys a picture of it but i just thought it was awesome so i haven't followed up with him to like find out where he got it but yeah it was pretty cool i see a link is this that is it that's the one. Oh wow hmm. they're only 10 bucks yep that's the one hmm. how uh, do they write pretty good yeah pretty good i'm writing with one right now okay. it's i mean they they're on the harder side but not like terrible 
but uh, yeah, those are, that's it. And they were, they're pretty cool. Especially for your kids. I mean, our, especially. You, you can also too. get broom pencils. What? I have, those look kind of crappy. Somebody in the suggested thing in Amazon above that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. I think I mean, they did the, there's the option that gives you like the, there's like the pencils plus the glasses. I think they did that because mm. they all came up with Harry Potter glasses. So. <laughs> Pretty awesome. I mean, so yeah. I guess you could clean your desk with it. <laughs> Is it a working broom too? <laughs> no way. Oh, so that's... this wand pencil yeah. looks like the billy club that my father had in Vietnam when he was a military policeman. <laughs> you can also use it if you <laughs> want to have your Vietnam themed. <laughs> you can use it in yep. the shower. You can use it in the bathtub. You can use it upside down. <laughs> you know, there's a throwback to an old episode. Uh, all right. So now that we've gotten past that important piece of news <laughs> with the pencil wand. New Blackwing. So we alluded to this. We were talking about that Field Notes and Blackwing collab. Yeah, so they have New Blackwing Edition, the Blackwing 20, which mine are on the way. I don't have them in hand yet because I'm not a subscriber anymore. But they did a D&D themed pencil. Which well, officially it's tabletop Tabletop games, games <laughs> themed. Right. Sorry. Like ch- it says on their website, like chess, Mancala, and Senate. Like, yeah. <laughs> For, That's why it comes with a point-sided moves. die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know, when you're playing chess, you know what you need? A 20 sided die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. I'm not good plus at chess. Two <laughs> the XP for my rook. <laughs> <laughs> but a very cool pencil. I am very excited to get these in. It's got that. Uh, what do you call that pattern that's on it? It's like a. Oh, polyhedron. There it is. Yeah. Poly- polyhedron design inspired by the gaming dice. So in, in the subscriber extra, which I guess I'm not getting sad but is a D dice i say sad but i don't play d and i don't plan on ever <laughs> playing D. i've talked before but about how can't. i love listening to D podcasts <laughs> oh it's a i like to listen eco, to other people play it ecosahedron ecos 20 sided die yeah ecosahedron okay so each hmm. pencil features polyhedron design but ecosahedron okay all right all right, all right maybe it's ico i can't pronounce things I was assuming when they said it was tabletop games, I was like, okay, so this is for like scoring Uno. That's cool. They like teamed up with Uno, and then I got (laughs) (laughs) phase 10. Subscriber extra is the wild card. (laughs) Oh, that'd be awesome. One of the little details I think is really cool about this particular one is I don't think they really talk about it, but the so the ferrule is gold, but they put a black clip on the eraser. So there's just like this little peak of black that matches the black barrel. It's funny, it seems like consistently. Once every year and a half or so, Blackwing does a black pencil, and consistently people just like that design a lot. So, I, yeah, well, yeah, and they managed to do something a little bit different yeah. each time, which is cool. And I saw so my band played a gig on Friday, and we played at a place, this really awesome place in Jonathan City here that's called Mulligan's Gaming Pub, and it's an Irish pub mm. crossed, and it's huge. I mean, it's like way bigger than you think it should be, but it's an Irish pub and restaurant mixed with a super nerdy board game store hmm, it fine. is awesome it's yeah, pretty awesome and it's like big and they have a good stage and good food it's great so we just and so when i was there i like mentioned this to him i was like you might want to start selling these while they've <laughs> got them because i think your people would freak out <laughs> for these but yeah it's really it's a really cool place you yeah. go in they've got like a stage they have an irish pub and like a restaurant but then the walls are just lined with like really intense like n- awesome nerdy board games and if you buy food, then you can play the games and they sell huh. all the like stuff. Can I get a sticker of your band? We need to make one. You too. What's your band's name? The Minor Leagues. The Minor Leagues. Yeah, you should. You should ooh, you should make some Ebbets Field hats. Well, yeah. Well, I'll get right on. <laughs> See what you can do. <laughs> all of our seventeen Instagram followers will love that. <laughs> yeah, Minor Leagues, Minor Leagues Tennessee. I think that's what it is. But I don't even remember because. Check, but uh, but anyways, we had a lot of fun, and so I mentioned these to the folks that work there because we played there a couple times. It's like, you should check these out, and they seemed interesting. Yeah, so I think yeah, this is a really good addition. I'm very excited to get these in. Yeah, I mean, when I was at Bob's late, they had a lot of singles of stuff, and the lady was working at the pen counter was like, "Did you get the new Blackwing?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I got mine subscriber pack with the die," and she just looked at me like a subscriber pack. Oh man. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you're embarrassed I'm, in the nerd store. I am subscribed to this, and you're illegally selling them one by one. Oh, yeah, 
<laughs> they had ones all the way back to the comic book and coffee ones. I should have texted you guys. They had dozens of the coffee ones. Crap. I think John or Andy, you sent me a couple of those. So that's they um they also had singles of the blue and red, the new ones that I forgot to pick up. I forgot about the coffee cool. ones. Jeez, the gold ones. Yeah, I <laughs> couldn't remember even what. Yeah, because <laughs> when you think coffee, you think gold. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so or I guess copper, copper scale. Co- well, that's what hipsters think of that see-through coffee they drink. <laughs> <laughs> Damn millennials. <laughs> I'm sitting here with some very dark French roast and a very big black cup. <laughs> uh, Scoffing chest. All right. I need no more. Put hair in chest. <laughs> put hair in chest. It's <laughs> making my chest hair turn gray. <laughs> For Gen Xers, coffee oh, drinks yeah, you. Way ahead of you there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next thing is Baron. Another Baron Fig Squire yeah, that we got. Like, I mean, like. Back to back, we got them because it's been. I mean, it's been a few weeks since we've made an episode, but like right after one, and then like a couple weeks later, we got the Roxanne Gay one. But the other one is the an all new form, the Baron Fig Oracle. This new limit, I guess, limited edition Squire. It is limited edition, right? Yeah, because they hadn't decided to keep the shape around. But it is a what do you call it? They're revisiting a previous theme that they did on their pencil, mm-hmm. and it is hexagonal hmm. and, and it's the same kind of design you can roll it and make some sort of like predictions you're like magic eight ball pencil or magic Hell yet? Magic. of course i have yeah it's magic <laughs> six magic <laughs> i'm like this pen is so pretty i'm not rolling this magic six ball <laughs> well, yeah I'm trying to think of six sides magic six ball but yeah and then this is my the, so noticeably it is not the normal baron fig squire shape that people sort of take umbrage mm. with because of it just rolling off. We've talked about like, oh man, if it had a clip, but also, I mean, if it had a clip, that would sort of ruin things, I guess. It's yeah. just such a good looking pencil or pen. But this one, and I'll do the sound effects here. The magic thing about this one, that was the sound of me dropping it on my desk and it not rolling. <laughs> what it, new technology? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of inventing the wheel where you're like putting like flat sides on it. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, so it's like, I'm not like making fun because I think this looks amazing. It's got this sort of like, whatever, what do you call it? Like gunmetal slate gray kind of color to it. And this really pretty looking, it looks like a Duracell battery, like a six sided Duracell battery with a bunch of <laughs> like prediction language and spades and hearts on the side. But it writes good like they always do. But just that factor is just makes a huge difference. I've used this one more than I've used a lot of others, at least in the first couple of weeks that I've had it. Hmm. So what do you guys think of this one? Love it. It's. It, I was trying to figure out how that shape would translate to a squire. But yeah, I like, it feels really good. I mean, it's a really sharp hex, but it's a, it's bigger than a pencil is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what is it's, it like the size of like a semi jumbo or something like that? Probably. Uh, it's definitely a like jumbo. a fatter shape. So like those the sharp hex because I've yeah I'm the doesn't cut first one here to like whine about sharp hexes and because of my delicate musician's hands uh-huh. that's actually the opposite of what they should be. I mean I'm not playing enough, but but yeah, but it works and it's really comfortable and I really love this thing. Yeah, yeah, it feels really yeah, good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be fatter like from the pictures, but it's like the same size as a regular pen ish. I really hope that they keep this shape around a little bit. Like, I I mean, if ever we do a second Erasable Squire, I can definitely think mm, of some things to do with that. Mm, so mm, is this the mm. only Squire since ours where the part that you twist is a different color than the barrel? Oh, that's a good question. Have they ever done it before? That's, I don't know. I mean, not I like think... publicly. Maybe they might yeah. have because I feel like if we've made private ones, they probably made ones for other people. I don't keep up with like the collector market yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was a really nice touch. That was copper yeah. or whatever color that's supposed to be. Yeah. Really good looking. So like two like home runs, I think. Yeah. From Baron Fig. So thank you, yeah, Baron did... Fig, for letting us take a look at these because these are really awesome. It, did you guys yeah. get the Earth Day one last year? I didn't. What color was that? Like a really gorgeous blue. No, I don't think I picked that one up. So if anyone listening did and you want to part with it for like 
money or trades. Lifetime supply of notebooks. If you want, say, <laughs> 30 Levenger True Writers. <laughs> he, he can spare a quarter of his collection, yeah. I think. Well, that's like half, man. <laughs> Just my doubles, it's like five. <laughs> that's not even a joke. All right. Yeah, they, so unrelated, they just came out with four new Lavender True writers that are the elements, but not as fountain pens. Hmm. My my bank account was happy, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Just say, I don't know how you could survive that. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for me. So let's get into main topic. We're talking about poetry. It is National Poetry Month. We're going to do another episode coming up related to poetry. But we thought it'd be fun to share some of our favorite poems right now. So, Andy, do you want to start us out and just like maybe start with one that yeah. you picked and we'll just go from there? Yeah. I This is not any sort of, I just picked three. And this is just sort of a random assortment of different poems that I like just for various for various reasons. And I realized that I, I know just a few different people, just really talented poets, like, like, Johnny, your sister-in-law, Kiki Petrosino, is just such a good poet. Mm-hmm. I have a friend from Fort Wayne, Brett Elizabeth Jenkins, Jenkins, who is such a good poet. And she was actually a couple different times featured in The Sun, some of her poetry was. And she, she her poems are very narrative-driven. Like They have a lot of story in them, and it almost seems like a little bit of a slightly rhythmic, um, just like short story or speech or essay or something. And they're always... They're usually kind of funny. Sometimes they're bittersweet, but this is best example, like best exemplifies that. It's called Almost Cha-Cha, and it's from, it was printed in the sun in 2021. So I'm going to read this to you. I tell people that when I was born, my mother was on drugs, and so she named me Brett. But what I don't tell them is that she almost named me Charlotte and wanted to call me Cha-Cha. My almost na- name seeps with sugar and sequins. A dancer with a nicotine patch slapped over a half-sleeve tattoo of a big-tittied mermaid with a Fu Manchu. If I were Cha-Cha, I swear to God, I'd have had all the boys in my sixth-grade class smoking parliaments with me under the bleachers. Ryan Goldstein would have never knocked, up, knocked the books out of my hands, and the girls would have lined up at my locker to get a look at my new Chuck Taylors. My mama would have wanted to rename me in high school, when I started going God knows where at two in the morning with Jason Wheeler, knocking back Miller High Lifes and throwing the cans at speeding trains. Cha-Cha is my id, the girl in the purple dress at the funeral, the hot-lipped, F-you-very-much fast talker selling fake IDs out of the back of her pop-up camper. In my dreams, I'm her, a goddess in ruin, a red lipstick, denim jacket, pool shark, with a taste for whiskey. Who don't take no crap? who lets the cares of this world slip through her hands like air, like dust, like something impossible to hold. That is that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I have a child named Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you should call her Cha-Cha. <laughs> People call her Sharsha. Sharsha? Close. Sharsha. Sharsha, that's a good one. And... Yeah. Cool. Johnny, how about you? So the first one I picked is from one of my favorite writers, Michael and Don Shea, and he's more well-known as a novelist, even though he writes way more poetry than novels. And I know people that don't like The English Patient because they say it's too poetic, which I think is a silly statement, but his poetry is really good. So in one of his books, he mentions someone who is a cinnamon peeler and how like, if that's your job, you cannot get the smell off you no matter what you do. So I don't know if this poem came before or after that book, but this poem is called The Cinnamon Peeler. If I were a cinnamon peeler, I would ride your bed and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow. Your breasts and shoulders would reek. You could never walk through markets without the profession of my fingers floating over you. The blind would stumble, certain of whom they approached, though you might bathe under rain gutters, monsoon. Here on the upper thigh, of the smooth pasture, neighbor to your hair or the crease that cuts your back, this ankle, you will be known among strangers as the cinnamon peeler's wife. I could hardly glance at you before marriage, never touch you, your keen-nosed mother, your rough brothers. I buried my hands in saffron, disguised them over smoking tar, helped the honey-gatherers. When we swam once, I touched you in water and our bodies remained free. You could hold me and be blind of smell. 
You climbed the bank and said, this is how you touch other women, the grass cutter's wife, the lime burner's daughter, and you searched your arms for the missing perfume and knew what good is it to be the lime burner's daughter, left with no trace, as if not spoken to in the act of love, as if wounded without the pleasure of a scar. You touched your belly to my hands in the dry air and said, I am the cinnamon peeler's wife. Smell me. It's kind of deep to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I the uh, link here. in the show notes has a very good reading by Michael Andante of it, hmm. which is awesome. He's getting really old, so sad face. Yeah. He's leaving a lot behind, though. Yeah. Prolific dude. How about you, Tim? Nice. So do it. I'm taking this in a little different direction because, and I don't mean to make light of things, but just we, and we're going to talk about this, I think more in the next episode, but so I, this was like a few weeks ago when I did this, but I, well, actually before I even get there, I want to mention something. Let's put this in the show notes. So I've talked about Maggie Smith before, who's a pretty like well-known poet these days, which is kind of seemingly an oxymoron or something that she's a well-known poet. Like, but she's like, she became viral from this poem called Good Bones that she wrote, which is um, a really incredible poem. So I'm going to read, I'm going to kind of cheat and read that one real quick. But she has a sub stack that I started following. Hmm. It is fantastic. And it is called For Dear Life. And she actually just came out with a memoir that just came out this week that's called You Could Make This Place Beautiful. And I recommend picking that up but she on her Substack, and i'll put the link in there because i think it's still available as like a free free post she has a post that's called poems that make you glad to be alive and so she wrote that when she in like 2017 she was like going through this really difficult time in her life she was just going through a lot with her family and her husband she had little kids but anyways she decided that she was going to start compiling poems that made her glad to feel alive like glad to be alive. And so she has this really incredible list of poems and she's linked to a bunch of them. So I recommend going there and she linked as many as she could for the post. So check it out, check out the, uh, those poems, but her poem. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read this one. So this is good bones by Maggie Smith, which is pretty incredible. Life is short, though. I keep this from my children. Life is short. And I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious, ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real shithole chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. Tim, you should just read every poem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is a really incredible poem by Maggie Smith. Yeah, and I actually wasn't planning to read that before we got on, but I wanted to share that list. And I have two other poems I was going to read, but I guess we maybe I just won't have time for them. But because her list is really incredible and there's a lot of amazing poems on there. And then that's the poem that just, mm -hmm. yeah, can't talk about Maggie Smith without reading that. So. Yeah. Andy, you got another one? Yeah, I was debating between a couple... I guess more kind of mainstream poets. One of them that I won't read is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver, which is a pretty, pretty classic one. And I think She's one the of the reasons I like that one so much is just because, I mean, it's classic and just very just uplifting and it's very Mary Oliver. But also I lived in a house where our landlords who are artists had that poem written on the inside of the medicine cabinet bathroom. <laughs> and so every morning when I would have like opened the medicine cabinet to get out my toothbrush or whatever, I would just see a bit of that poem. So that was just a cool thing. But her, actually, yeah. I was just going to say her collection, her like collected poems that mm. they put out a few years ago is like right after she passed away, I think. It's called Devotions. I mean, I think I read that every other day. I mean, I yeah. pick that up so much. She is, she's really incredible. 
yeah, Mary Oliver just really, this is a whole topic of a whole different conversation, but at some point I want to talk about how ChatGPT can like write poems in the style of Mary Oliver. Like it's not, I mean, it's not good, right? It's a robot yeah, yeah, writing yeah. poem, it's but like, it's <laughs> fun to see how it does it. Is Mary Oliver's like <laughs> first draft. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the worst. But actually, I'm going to read you one from Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who is one of the, besides Jack Kerouac, one of the most famous beat poets. He founded City Lights Bookstore in San Francisco. He lived here. I mean, he was 102 when he died a couple of years ago. Like He's been around. He wrote a book, a poem called The Changing Light, kind of about San Francisco. And I'm going to read that to you. Just to he nice. wrote the Coney mm-hmm. Island book. What was it called? Coney Island of the Mind or something like that? that yeah. Like big book? I just remember that with my like, high school like beat poetry phase i remember finding that and being just, yeah i need to find it gosh now i need to find it all right sorry yeah. i interrupted you <laughs> no you're right yeah, he's great so yeah here's the changing light the changing light at san francisco is none of your east coast light none of your pearly lights of paris the light of san francisco is a sea light an island light and the light of fog blanketing the hill drifting in at night through the golden gate to lie on the city at dawn And then the halcyon late mornings after the fog burns off and the sun paints white houses with the sea light of Greece with sharp, clean shadows making the town look like it had just been painted. But the wind comes up at four o'clock, sweeping the hills, and then the veil of light of early evening, and then another scrim when the new night fog floats in. And in that veil of light, the city drifts anchorless upon the ocean. I just like that one a lot because I've, I feel like I've had that experience. Like I feel like I've been on a hill or have been driving across the bridge or something and just seeing the city of San Francisco and like all of these different kind of lights with fogs and all sorts of things. So it's just a really good, just a really good poem for a place, right? Like the terroir of San Francisco is really well captured there. So, this was on Friends once, but when you're out there, does it feel weird that the sun is on one side? What do you mean? Or, let me explain this wrong. Like whenever I'm off the East Coast, I'm really thrown off because the sun isn't. I know where the o- the ocean is. I know where the sun is, and when that's not where it's rising, it's weird. Hmm. Like it throws off my entire equilibrium. I'm not sure. Like, like you don't know. I'm interested it's, in this. So, so it's not where? Like you're on the East Coast and the sun would be rising from the ocean, right? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. The last time I was on the West Coast and the sun was setting over the ocean, I'm like, well, okay, that makes sense. So I guess, I guess I'll admit, so I've, I haven't spent much time on the East Coast. So like, I'm not definitely not used to like sun rising off of the ocean. So, I mean, I've spent a little bit of time in Florida, but like barely on the coast itself. So I guess, I guess to me, like most of my experience of like looking at a sun on an ocean has been a setting sun. Yeah, it's weird because the colors are different. Yeah. Yeah, the colors are different. It's like, especially in the Sunset neighborhood, which is out, out by the ocean, it's like very orangey and pinky and kind of peachy. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah it makes the sunrise look kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't get more fun. You're looking at it like, oh, that's enough. I'm going inside. <laughs> All right, so that is those are my poem selections. So Tim mentioned a Substack, which reminded me of a book that's from that Pocket Poets series that everybody's probably seen at bookstores. They'll have like the best poems by Whitman, or one of my favorite ones is Irish poems because they're all depressing and those are my people. Mm-hmm. So there's one that came out, I think, last year or the year before called Poems of Healing. And one of the poems in there was this poem. So if you were looking for an upbeat volume of poetry, that was really good. If this is not an upbeat poem. Oh, Johnny, I'm looking at this right now at that book. It looks incredible. And one of my favorite poems of all time is in it. Hmm. Try to Praise the Mutilated World by Adam Zagajewski or Zagajewski, whatever. Oh, gosh. That, hmm. I discovered that song because it was mentioned in a Over the Rhine song. It, there was like this line where they say like, the poet says to praise the mutilate, mutilated world. And I was like, who says that? Shakespeare? And, oh, no, it's this like semi-contemporary poet, but it's like a really amazing poem. Mm-hmm. So I'll to, I'm definitely checking out this collection. Yeah, they, they're they nice little books. They're durable. I have some that I've had for 
literally 20 years. So they're still in reasonably good shape. But yeah. Okay. So in that book, they have a slightly shorter version of this poem because it's very long. But definitely check out the, the full version, which will be linked in the show notes. So this is Having It Out with Melancholy by Jean Kenyon. The intro is, if many remedies are prescribed for an illness, you may be certain that the illness has no cure. By Chekhov. Bottles. Elevil, lududium, lududium, oh my god. Sorry, take two. <laughs> Bottles. Elevil, ludiumil, doxepin, norpermin, prozac, lithium, xanax, wellbutrin, parnate, nardil, zoloft. The coda ones smell sweet or have no smell. The powdery ones smell like the chemistry lab at school that made me hold my breath. Suggestion from a friend. You wouldn't be so depressed if you really believed in God. Often. Often I go to bed as soon after dinner as seems adult. I mean, I try to wait for dark. In order to push away from the massive pain and sleep's frail wicker coracle. In and out. The dog searches until he finds me upstairs. Lies down with a clatter of elbows. Puts his head on my foot. Sometimes the sound of his breathing saves my life. In and out, in and out, a pause, a long sigh. Pardon. A piece of burned meat wears my clothes, speaks my voice, dispatches obligations haltingly or not at all. It is tired of trying to be stout-hearted, tired beyond measure. We move on to the maniamine oxidase inhibitors. Day and night, I feel as if I had drunk six cups of coffee, but the pain stops abruptly. With the wonder and bitterness of someone pardoned for a crime she did not commit, I come back to marriage and friends, to pink-fringed hollyhocks, come back to my desk, books, and chair. Woodthrush. High in Nardo, in June light, I wake at four, waiting greedily for the first notes of the woodthrush. Easeful air presses through the screen with the wild, complex song of the bird, and I am overcome by ordinary contentment. What hurt me so terribly all my life until this moment? How I love the small, swiftly beating heart of the bird singing in the great maples, its bright, unequivocal eye. Yeah. She might be like my new favorite poet. I mean, like, she she's incredible. I had, like, yeah, I mean, I've read some of hers recently and like that poem, I don't know if I've ever read it before, but I mean, just hearing you read it, like that's a, really incredible and like it like with me i think so much about songwriting these days like i just hear like the kinds of like language she uses and the way she uses words that just makes me want to write a song which is kind of what i'm always look what i'm always looking for <laughs> she really nailed a couple things like the powdery pills like four times a day i take a powdery pill and think about this poem the six cups of coffee and yeah. that's my every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, and her author poems, her author photo looks sad. She died young, but from illness. She has mm -hmm. a lot of good poems about. Yeah, and yeah, and she was. You said she was married to Donald Hall. Yeah, he. I think he edited the most recent selection or selected poems that she did, or Which, of her poems. My original love. And like reverence for Donald Hall was before I realized that like I had read any of his poetry, like before I realized that he was even a poet was because he was my favorite. He was my favorite interviewee on the Ken Burns baseball documentary, which I've watched like a dozen times. <laughs> he The way he talks about baseball is like, we should hang out, man. Like, I feel like we'd be friends. <laughs> it's like the up and tell him that. a poet talking about baseball. I like, just need a Ouija board at this point, I guess. But yeah. Because <laughs> he passed away, didn't he? Yeah. Not, like, not fairly recently. Yeah, it was like within the last, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wish I could, man. He would, He's really incredible. And now I'm like like eager to learn as much as I can about, about Jane Kenyon, too. Oh, he died in 2018. 2018, yeah, yeah. But his wife died in the 90s. That's, yeah. That makes me sad. So, do you have another one? Yeah. Well, spe <laughs> speaking of dead poets, yeah, um, note. be a society. <laughs> there should be. A, well, yeah. well, this one is about a poet who died very recently. I think it was in January. Charles Simic, 
And this is a poem of his called Stone. Go inside a stone. That would be my way. Let somebody else become a dove or gnash with the tiger's tooth. I'm happy to be a stone. From the outside, the stone is a riddle. No one knows how to answer it. Yet within, it must be cool and quiet. Even though a cow steps on it full weight. Even though a child throws it in a river. The stone sinks slow, unperturbed to the river bottom where the fishes come to knock on it and listen. I have seen sparks fly out when two stones are rubbed, so perhaps it is not dark inside after all. Perhaps there is a moon shining from somewhere, as though behind a hill, just enough light to make out the strange writings, the star charts on the inner walls. That's really good. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's a really incredibly beautiful poem. I remember the first time that I like I I basically like rediscovered. I remember reading that. I think sometime it was like I was in college, and there was I had one professor who really liked Simic, and I found it, and I didn't like fully appreciate it. And then he passed away. And there's a really awesome Instagram account called Poetry Is Not a Luxury, Hmm. and they basically like post poems. Oh yeah, that's a great one. It's really good. And shortly after he died, I think that's where I was like scrolling and they had like whoever runs that, like he or she had posted that poem and just smacked me in the face. And it almost like it was like that ratatouille moment where like he tastes the ratatouille and he like zooms back to his childhood. I zoom back to college and like, it's like, I remember reading this poem. And this was like the one that I like synced up with in a really amazing poem that like idea of like something as simple as a stone can be just alive, like full of like mystery. And I, I really, really love that poem. So nice. Yeah. This, Happy this National Poetry got, Month, everybody. It's got yeah. kind of heavy. Yeah. It did. <laughs> but poetry tends to do that. And that, and that we uh, yeah. can't be afraid of that. But this was great. I mean, the poems that you all read, I hadn't read, or I don't have any memory of reading any of those. So I appreciate you guys bringing those in because I want to, I want to dig back into them and read them after the, after the podcast yeah. and read more stuff by them. I've read a little for Getty, but he was the only one. And then Jane Kenyon, I've read a little bit too, but now both of those, I just want to, I want to dive into. So thank you for sharing. Our original okay. idea for this episode didn't pan out. So this was kind of a last minute thing, but I, I think it was great. I really liked being able to just read poems at each other. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That'd be a good thing to come back to every once in a while. Maybe that's one of our rotation of like opening things. Like, what's mm-hmm. a poem you're enjoying right now? Because I think that it really like lends itself well to just like talking about what's important to you right now and the things that are yeah on your mind and the things that are striking you or the things that are there's a, there's another great phrase from Maggie Smith, the poet that I talked about earlier, which I really just like envy the way she t- talked about this. And I actually use this term with my kids. She says that her and her kids, when they see something like unusual or something beautiful that just like makes them stop, that their family calls them beauty emergencies, <laughs> which I really like. There's like yeah. her kids will just be like, there's a beauty emergency and she'll come out back and there's like an owl in the tree or something. I don't <laughs> know. But I like any chance I can get to, and poetry can give us those beauty emergencies too. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks guys. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. That was wonderful. Well, we're going to, we're going to, call it a night on this and and you'll we'll be talking to you soon we're going to actually talk about poetry again on the next episode likely or at least one of the next couple episodes so stay tuned we'd like to start by thanking our patreon producers if you haven't supported us on patreon or if you haven't checked out our patreon you can find it on our website at erasable duck erasable podcast or sorry erasable.us <laughs> slash patreon and these are our producer-level patrons. So Liz Rotunda, Melissa Miller, DigitalTent.Tech, Angie, Aaron Bollinger, Andrew Austin, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Paul Moorhead, John Capaludi, Steve Franscali, Aaron Willard, Millie Blackwell, Michael Diolosa, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Joe Crace, Michael Hagen, Bill Clough, 
Mary Collis, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Hans Noodleman, and John Wood. Thank you so much for your Thank support. You, if you haven't checked that out, we actually just released a new episode of Indelible. So go, if you want to listen to that, support us on Patreon. You'll get to hear this where these alter egos talk about the inky, spend more time talking about the inky side of the writing world. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast. We're also on Facebook, of course, in the wonderful Facebook group. You can find that at Facebook. You can find our Facebook group there. You can also find our Facebook page where you can like us and get some updates about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening tonight. And Andy, where can people find you on the internet? I am at andy.wtf and on, I guess I'm still on Twitter, at AWelfly on Twitter. <laughs> and then I also have a Mastodon, if anybody's over there, at andy at dot grid, D-O-T-G-R dot I-D. How about you, Johnny? I'm on, I'm sorry, social media at Pensolution and on the internet at pencilrevolution.com. And I am on Instagram at Timothy Watson and on Twitter at Tim Watson. So thank you so much for listening to episode 194 of the Erasable Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, then we'll turn it off. <laughs> <laughs>